0: with Air Cargo World. Hello, my name is Kathy Morrow Robertson. I am a weekly contributor to Air Cargo World. I tend to focus a lot on the express market and in logistics and freight forwarding. So with this being our first podcast, I'd like to welcome Ryan Rusnick, CTO of Airspace. Welcome, Ryan. Appreciate you joining us.
1: Thanks. The pleasure is all mine.
0: So to start off, if you could give us a brief description of who is
1: airspace
0: and and a bit of info about you as well. Mm
1: -hmm. Sure, Ken. So um, airspace is a international time critical freight forwarder. And I think the question is, what does time critical mean? So what we specialize in is things that have to move as either as fast as possible or significantly faster than what you would think of in a traditional supply chain. Traditional traditional supply chain being the kind of hub and spoke model where it goes on a truck, goes to a package rotation center, cross-stock, you know, goes to another truck, a very kind of efficient bulk way of moving something cheaply. Uh, We focus on things that um, either are really expensive, right, and can't go through that. Um, They can't go through that type of supply chain or they just need to be there much, much, much faster. For instance, human organs, right? They just cannot go through that because every minute they're outside of the human body, they're less likely to last in the recipient. So the faster you get it there, the better the health outcome will be from the patient. So there's a specific type of logistics for that, which is what we do. Another, another thing would be um, like a part for a downed aircraft or a downed manufacturing line. So if you're on a plane that's stuck on the tarmac, you might actually be waiting on a part that's not at the aircraft. So airspace could actually be racing the part there to get that plane back up in the air. Uh, Every time a plane is stuck on the ground, they're losing like $150,000 an hour. So if you get it there an hour early or two hours early, it is a huge, huge, huge time savings. So we were built from the ground up to solve that problem and make that industry better.
0: Oh, how cool. So how long have y'all been around?
1: So we uh, launched in January of 2016.
0: Okay. And do you, okay, you said you described airspace as a freight forwarder. So I'm assuming there's other modes of transportation y'all use as well besides air and trucking? Or is that pretty
1: much it? Correct. So one thing that the system does, that our software does, it figures out the appropriate mode. And in a lot of cases, if it's going a far distance, it's going to be a flight. But if it's not, it' it could be a drive, a dedicated drive. and uh, we offer that as well. We offer We also offer scheduled services, things that have to go uh, the same time every day, but also as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do different routed types of services um, that have these time critical aspects to them, but are less ad hoc. So we do those as well.
0: Oh, okay. Very cool. So you, you kind of went over the time um, time critical market. Um so let, let's delve a little bit more into that if you don't mind. Who? Okay, let me back up here. So there's a lot of players in this um time critical market, correct? Uh besides yourself, there's
1: what DHL plays
0: into it. Time Yeah. Market, I, or?
1: I wouldn't say there's a lot. Okay. Um, but but yeah, there are a handful of people that have been servicing the industry.
0: Okay. And how Okay, dumb question here. So how do y'all differentiate yourselves from the,
1: from the others? So that is definitely not a dumb question. <laughs> um, it's something we think about all the time, right? And it's, it's literally the reason why we started. Um, the reason why we started is because if you look at all time critical shipments, these are, and let's, let's just define that as any shipment that needs to be delivered within 24 hours. Okay, One in three don't make it on time wow yeah really? so the entire industry as a whole when we started was barely better than a coin flip uh-huh. and that's absolutely uh unacceptable definitely. <laughs> like said, well, most- sorry go ahead if,
0: yeah well if you're moving organs uh human organs yes yeah, definitely not um not good to have failures that's for sure um okay so what are some of the the big pain points other than, I mean, okay. So why, let me back up. So why are these um, deliveries? Why are there so many delivery failures?
1: It's a great, great question. And I, I think it's kind of been like inherent to um, the way that the companies were structured. A lot of these companies have been doing it for a long time. They've been serving, serving the industry to the best of their ability with the technology that they had. And the technology that they had was the telephone. So, yeah. so you know, you can imagine if you are, I don't know, let's say a nurse, um, and you've got an organ that has to get to the recipient, you would call one of these companies and say, hey, you know, I've got to pick up here, it needs to go here. And if that has to go on a plane, the person's going to say, okay, like, I'll call you back, because what they're going to do is they're going to manually walk a list of flights. At this point, they don't know who is going to actually pick it up from the hospital. Mm -hmm. So because of that, they can't choose the flight that's about to leave, They they have to kind of pad it a little bit and choose the next flight at best. Mm-hmm. And then they do the same thing on the other end. They try to get on the phone. They try to find someone who's going to pick it up on the plane lands. And um, that whole process takes a very long time and is also it's kind of, it can be very error prone. So I'll throw out one statistic for you um, in terms of how hard this problem is. So you look at a time critical shipment that's being picked up from the Boston area and needs to go, excuse me, from the San Francisco area. and needs to go to the Boston area. Simple cross-country order. Um, How many ways do you think that could go? How many possible ways? If you had like a computer, consider every single path. How many paths is it considering?
0: I would imagine it can go a number of ways, different ways. Yeah.
1: A huge number of ways. In fact, over 180 million ways. Oh
0: my gosh. (laughs) But did you count all of them?
1: (laughs) We did. did. Yeah. The big joke is that when we ran that simulation, that uh, the power company was knocking on our door. Um, (laughs) and yeah, like it's hard because you can, you can imagine like uh, booking a flight between let's just say San Francisco and Boston, right? You're Mm going to say, I want to fly out of SFO and I want to land in BOS, but you could also fly out of Oakland. You could also fly out of San Jose. You could land in anywhere. You could drive to LAX and then, and then go that way. Um, there are, because of that, our problems is much, 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 much more complex than That sort of kayak problem Mm -hmm. and because of that level of complexity and that an optimal path for an organ is not an optimal path for a part for an aircraft and you have to be you have to consider those commodities when you're doing this it's just not a problem that um, humans should be relied upon to solve you know we certainly have have awesome people that are um you know routing freight um but um the vast majority when when an order is created in airspace, the first pass is done by a machine, and then we use those machines to help people make different decisions based on that data.
0: Got you. So this is a good segue into um, uh, y'all have a a, a very unique route optimization technology. Y'all got a patent for this, correct? We sure do. So can you talk about it a little bit more, and why is it so special.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what I was talking about between um, San Francisco and Boston, um, you know, 180 million is a big number, but computers yeah. are really fast, right? Like so hypothetically, you get a really big computer and it could maybe look at all of those things. Um, but let's let's take that internationally. Let's do San Francisco to Hamburg. That number more than squares to over a quadrillion different paths. And a quadrillion is an impossibly huge number. So just for context, it takes a computer like three hours to count to a one trillion, like just to count. So you're trying to like, you're trying to, you know, consider all of these different paths of real world transportation um, that could be a quadrillion. It's just an impossibly huge number. So if you ask a computer to solve that problem, it would never come back with an answer for the most part. Wow. Pretty interesting, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So from a computational perspective alone, this is a fascinating problem. So what what our patent is on is how we address that. And like I said, out of that out of that quadrillion, that giant haystack, there's one needle that's right for something like human tissue. There's one needle in that haystack that's right for um, a, da- a manufacturing line or a cryogenically frozen specimen. And and it's our job to find that. So our patent is on how we found that. And I'll, I'll do kind of a, oversimplification of it which is um, in order to solve that problem we use a combination uh, we use something it's a we use a neural network and a huge section of that neural network uses deep learning that looks at how people have routed different commodities of different types so for instance like let's say I've routed an aircraft part from LAX to Hamburg but I've never shipped some biological material but I've done a lot of biological material from San Francisco to Miami. I can then blend those things together and come up with the perfect, the most ideal, the lowest risk pro- lowest risk profile route for that shipment, having never seen it before. So it's really, really crazy.
0: Wow, that is That yeah. is fascinating. So have you okay, so we've talked a lot about the uh, the medical uh, uh, tissue. Oregon's and such. Do y'all are y'all in other um, areas besides healthcare?
1: We are, yeah. So a lot of times we we talk about healthcare quite a bit because people yeah. understand how critical that is.
0: Exactly. In-
1: yeah, but we are in automotive. We are in um, you know aerospace. Um, we are in uh, manufacturing. So yeah, we are all across the board. Any industry that has time critical needs, we offer mm-hmm. it.
0: Oh, okay. So the whole just in time type of inventory is not exactly quite dead yet. Uh no.
1: <laughs> Definitely not. and I, I think I think it's an industry that will never ever go away. Um because there will always be things that um you know cost money to be down, right? There will always be economies like that. And uh, True. you know, airspace keeps them up.
0: True, yeah. And that whole spare parts logistics market is always it's always, as far as I can tell, it's always going to be there, despite, you know, um, the the whole COVID pandemic. I think that's kind of hard to back up and shift gears with.
1: COVID, I think, has exacerbated um, the need for this, I think, more than anything. Um, I'll share one quick COVID statistic. Yeah, yeah. So we, Airspace, if you look at all of our data, one reason customers like us is because we just are faster. You, mm-hmm. Because of all the automation, we can make flights that are sooner, you know, and, and dispatch drivers sooner. So we just save companies money and time out of the gate. But when things go wrong, <laughs> that's when we save lots of time. So on average, uh, we, we save clients about two hours, uh, just so across all their shipments, they get there about two hours faster than they use us.
0: Okay. Best. Super proud of
1: that. Yeah. When, a, when you look at things that are like a, like a flight delay, mm-hmm. we're on average six hours faster. And the reason why is because... Say,
0: how, how is that?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to kind of grok at first. But the reason why is because we built the data structure of the entire route in time and space, right? Okay. So all of a sudden something happens in real time that breaks that data structure. And we then get an automated notification that something needs to change. So then we can reroute this in a one second And before it gets to the, let's say the cargo area that now no longer has a flight because it's been delayed, we can tender it somewhere else that will get it there much faster. So what might, and then you might've missed cargo hours and it gets there after midnight, which you can't recover it. So then that turns into a next day shipment, which could be, I mean, that could, you know, be life or death. Mm -hmm. So instead we make that same day flight you know, and can, and can, you know, make those uh, real time calculations that save all that time. So that's, that's super exciting. So what does that do with COVID? Well, the entire algorithm, what it is doing is finding the best path, right? About out of this huge network of flights. So when all of a sudden the, you know, so many flights were canceled and, and a lot of those paths just absolutely evaporated, the algorithm didn't have to change. You know it still had it still did the same thing. It just traversed a different size graph, a tra- different network. So and because of that, when you look at a lot of companies who had their worst on-time performance ever, our average delay increased seven minutes during COVID.
0: Oh my word.
1: Yeah, and i I feel very proud of that. Well, know? yeah,
0: you should. Thanks. that is fantastic. See I'm sitting here thinking about all the delays we heard about. Last year from UPS, FedEx, the post, the post office, right. seven
1: minutes. Oh my right. goodness. Yeah. That's I mean, our, our tech was built for that problem. You know, yeah,
0: anyway. definitely. So your customers, um, I would imagine your customers are not only like hospitals, manufacturers, like you said, automotive, logistics providers as well. Do you ever partner up with them as well?
1: Absolutely. A lot yeah. of logistics companies have been around a long time. And they know that their core competency is things like package sortation um, yeah. or sourcing truckers. And mm-hmm. our core competency is technology. So yeah. they leverage us. Or let's let's say one of our core competencies is technology. So they they tend to leverage us um, for that time critical arm. And we're happy to do that uh, service under their brand.
0: Gotcha. Wow. Okay. Well, um, uh, I, I would imagine some uh, congratulations is also in order. Uh, y'all recently received thirty-eight million in funding. Wow, that's great! So, how much in total in funding have y'all received? Oh, I think I'd have to look that number up. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> answering for. <clear. laughs> no. Okay, well, thirty-eight million is nothing to sneeze at. That's for sure. And um, I, and I believe um, um, Air Cargo World. Um, We've uh, recently wrote an article about that, uh, I believe last week or so. So uh, it was a very interesting article. I sat down and read it uh, when it first came out. And as part of this funding, according to the article, uh, y'all are planning an international expansion? Where to?
1: We sure are. So we now have an office in Amsterdam, you know, and we're hiring people kind of all over the EU. And, oh, okay. and like I said, it's because... Our application does so well domestically, and I think customers are, are switching to airspace because it does so well domestically. But I kind of described how much harder that problem is internationally. Yeah. So that problem, if you try to solve it with the wrong tool like the telephone, mm-hmm. um, is just exponentially more problematic. So by moving into international, um, there's a whole set of problems that airspace will just you know make go away. Um by applying um you know all the same algorithms that we have domestically to the international problem.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, and you're also I believe expanding into other sectors as well.
1: We are. Uh I feel like we are expanding into every sector uh you can imagine. Um and uh so there and there are a lot that we're evaluating. So my kind of goal here is I want the exact same customer experience we have now, which I think is a beautiful customer experience. If you're shipping you know, a uh, time critical parcel, you get a great customer experience. I want that exact same experience for um, whether you're shipping a part for an aircraft mm-hmm. or a aircraft engine, and mm-hmm. whether you're shipping domestically or anywhere in the world. We want to create the same amazing experience for all of those cases, and that's exactly what we're doing.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, have I left anything out? Is there anything else we should we should know about, y'all? Um, I think I'll throw out one
1: more. I'll throw out one more thing. Um, I think in terms of tracking, some other things that that have never really been done that that we've really tried to perfect is, you know, historically, if the airline says that the package made it on the plane and they left it on the runway, you mm-hmm. would never know because you're just relying on their on their data. It's historically been a black box, and if you wanted to to solve that somehow, you could put a GPS device that's that's airline compliant. Mm-hmm. Um, in the box. But then your freight forwarder is saying it's on the plane, and then you've got to refresh this page to make sure that the GPS starts moving, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and you know, once the plane takes off, it can't report anymore because that's illegal. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's still a hard problem to solve. So we've released something called that we call Air Trace, which solves that problem. So this is actually an integrated tracking um, device that our clients can put in their boxes that they think are really, really critical, that they want to make sure are not left behind. Uh-huh. And um, and it's fully integrated into our platform. So if it's left on the runway, our platform will proactively notify you, and we'll put it on the next flight. And that way, you don't find out when the plane lands that it's not there. So truly, never ever been done. And yet another thing, we're pursuing a patent. How cool? Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Well, Ryan, I want I want to thank you. Thank you again for um, for joining me today. I really appreciate it it's fascinating it is really fascinating what y'all are doing and um keep it up i mean goodness knows we desperately need services such as this so um thank you and with that appreciate it um until next time